Okay. Um, so we're actually going to start with um, Kina Khafhei 25. Uh, this is the first Kina that has nothing directly to do specifically with, the, with either of the destructions of either Beit Hamikdash. Um, this has to do with uh, really the Crusades. So um, on November 27, 1095, in southeastern France, Pope Urban II, here, here, uh, called on all the facial Christians to liberate Jerusalem and all of its holy sites from the Muslim infidels uh, who occupied them. Um, and so the first crusade then began. Uh, and uh, all of those who followed this put on crosses on their clothing and they left their family and all of their possessions behind and left for Jerusalem. Uh, the Jews had lived peacefully with their Christian neighbors. And so they really thought that they were going to be uh, safe, but Unfortunately, the Christians became very impatient to uh, avenge the blood of their savior. And uh, they were also very jealous of the prosperous Jews, which is an old, an old story, right? The Jews were prosperous, they were jealous of them. Um, and so with incitement of different leaders, like Godfrey of Bouillon, they vowed to punish the Jews uh, for their crucifixion. Um, and in early 1096, the crusaders threatened the communities in France. Um, and so the Jews in France like beseeched their brethren in Germany to pray for them, which they did. Um, you know, and on some level, the Jews in Germany, uh, which is also kind of an old story, felt like you know this is we're safe here, nothing's going to happen to us. Um, they felt very secure. But sooner than later, the mobs came from France and entered into Germany um, in the early spring between Pesach and Shavuot. Uh, they were looking for Jewish blood uh, and money. Uh, and the three communities of Spire, uh, Lerms, and Mines took the brunt of the attacks. Uh, and that's really what this Kina is talking about. So um, we'll read, if it's okay, a little bit inside, just so you can get a little bit of a sense um, of what this is about. Um, so, me ten moshimayim, the eni makornos lie, with that my head were water and my eyes a fount of flowing tears, and that I might spend all my days and nights weeping. For my slaughtered children and infants, and for the venerable oldsters of my congregation, I call upon all of you to respond and to cry. Right over the Jewish people, the house of the Jewish people, uh, the nation of God who fell by the sword. I shall be filled with copious tears. And I shall get me uh, to the weeper's field. Right for the beautiful maidens and the the, the young children, the They were wrapped in their scrolls and they were dragged to the slaughter. Their appearance was ruddier than rubies, more dazzling than sapphires and gems. They were trampled and discarded like the mud in the streets. Turn away from the unclean Jew, they cried to each other, lest they come too close. Right over the house of Israel, the nation of Hashem, because they fell by the sword. And so just to read a little bit, we're we'll skip a couple of lines uh, about what happened in Shvire. Water will stream from my eyelids, running over with tears. As I bitterly bemoan the slain victims of Shire. It happened on the eighth day of the second month in Iyar, on the day of Shabbat. My calm was transformed into a destructive tempest. Hadara, pleasant young men were murdered with splendid venerable oldsters. They assembled together and decided to surrender their souls in reverence. And so they decided to give their lives. Strong warriors who were very swift and quick to do the will, to fulfill Hashem's word. 
Nigvu'u kulhem asara. And my ministers and my youths expired altogether, they numbered 10. So it happened to be in Shpire, there was less, there were, there were 10 uh, people who were killed, but then they went on after that to, to Worms. And on Sunday, May 18th, the Jews thought that they would have the protection of the Christian neighbors, but were nonetheless killed by the Crusaders. Children were forcefully baptized. Uh, Jewish homes were destroyed. The Crusaders stripped the clothing off of the dead people and threw them into the street, uh, not affording them proper burial. And then the following Sunday, the Crusaders stormed the Bishop's palace where many had taken refuge and all the Jews were murdered in the middle of saying Halal on the Shwadesh. 800 people were killed there on those two Sundays in Worms. Um, we can read a few lines. Uh, the next couple of lines. In my bitter agony and sadness, I compose elegies. I remember the murder of the holy congregations. The community of worms, proven and chosen. Masters of the land, their purity unsullied. Twice they sanctified the one and holy name in reverence. The 23rd day of the month of Ziv, they were purified. And in the third month, in Sivan, while reciting the Halel on Rosh Chodesh in song, they surrendered their soul, bound up with love. I moan over them with a wailing cry, saturated with tears. Those adorned with a perfect crown on their heads. Um, and then we read about what happened um, in Mainz. Okay, the Jews basically had paid 400 pieces of silver to secure the bishop's protection. Um, but when the count uh, came with his mob, the crusaders were welcomed into the city, basically. Again, an old story. Uh, and the locals even showed uh, the Christians all of the hiding places where the Jews were hiding. Uh, the Jews resisted, but ultimately uh, they succumbed to the murderous mob. And more than a thousand Jews were killed and thrown into a large ditch for mass burial. They continued on to kill and destroy in Cologne, Trier, Regensburg, Metz, and Prague. Some of those communities had existed for over a thousand years. The Crusades introduced the idea of organized large-scale terror against Jews, which really took its fullest form, unfortunately, uh, in the Nazi Holocaust. Um, but just to read a little bit about what happened in Mainz. For the towering personalities of the distinguished community of Mainz, Quicker than eagles, stronger than lions. They surrendered their souls while declaring God's unity and awesome name. For them, I will scream out a shattering cry. Over my two temples, whose foundation were destroyed on this day. For the ruin of my miniature sanctuaries and houses of Torah study. In the third month of Sivan, on the third day, more misery and misfortune were added. In this month, which turned into agony and to grief. I had hoped that on this day, the law was given, which was Shavuot, I would renew my fortune in the merit of the Torah. But what happened instead, Unfortunately, the Torah was returned back to Hashem on Shavuot in the form of these Torah scholars who were killed, al Kiddush Hashem. It arose on high, back to its dwelling place, together with its cover and its case, its expounder and its examiner, those who study it and review it in the darkness of night as by the light of day. And so there, after this, there was actually a, uh, a big debate amongst uh, the Torah scholars about, uh, including the Bristol Rav, whether or not to um, have another day of mourning over these tragedies and uh, you know we went back and forth but in the end of the day he cited this kina and said really all of the tragedies that fell the Jewish people were all a direct result of the the uh, destruction of the Beit HaMikdash 
uh, really of the first sin of the Theta Meraglim. Everything goes back to there. And so there's really no new tragedies that befall the Jewish people. Um, and so to, to establish a day of mourning would really detract from this very important lesson. Um, I think another lesson that we can learn from this is that the, uh, the crusaders were willing to give up everything in order to go on this holy mission. They destroyed the community of Worms in Germany, which actually, uh, I find this very, I don't know, when I think about it, it's very overwhelming to think about the fact that when the Jews returned back to Israel after the Galut Bavel, after the Babylonian exile, they beseeched this community to come back to Jerusalem. Uh, and unfortunately they said, you know, you stay, you go to your great Jerusalem, we'll stay in our small Jerusalem. Uh, they didn't come back. None of them came back to Israel. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, very often, not to say that it's not important, but very often on this day, we very much focus on Sinafina, which is, of course, a very, very big issue. But I think we forget another very big issue that is potentially holding up the, uh, the Geula, uh, which is that, you know, Jews feel very comfortable in the exile. They feel comfortable in their, in their homes and content in their adopted homelands, and they don't really have a strong desire to return back to Israel. Um, I actually remember learning from uh, Rosef Leff, he would say all the time, you know, that if the Jews don't make Kiddush, the Goyim make Abdallah, he would always say. And so we have to realize that in the end of the day, you know, all of the keynote go back to that original sin of the spies. What was the sin of the spies? They didn't want to go into Israel for whatever reason. You know, there's many midrashim about what it was, how it was, why it was, but bottom line, they didn't want to go. Um, and we're sort of back in that same situation where we have the ability to come back to Israel. Uh, and unfortunately, a lot of people aren't necessarily joining. At least it's something that people have to think about. Um, and I think that's something that we can really learn from, uh, from this keynote. So I think everyone has on the Zoom a copy of Akina that I wanted to talk about. And in some editions, if you don't have that, it's Kina 16 and some editions, it's Kina 17. And I wasn't able to get this on the Zoom, but I just show you very quickly. Zoom people. Okay. This particular Kina is a Kina about the destruction of the second temple as opposed to the destruction of the first temple. And it was written by um, apparently Elazar Collier. And the reason I, I made a separate protostat is because I wanted you to see the parallelism. It is um, every uh, first word of each line of this kina matches the first word of one of Sukim in Eicha uh, Perakei. So if you want to look for a second at Eicha Perakei, so I could show you how that is, uh, is uh, parallel. The theme that paracase is sort of um, the suffering, which is always the theme of Echa in general. But in, in paracase, there's more of a recognition of the hate and a, a recognition of how much they lost and a strong desire to come back to Akash So just run through paracase for a minute. Okay. Zacharsha Mehayalanu, Abita Re'etzharpatenu. We're asking Hashem to remember what happened and our disgrace. And then it describes a number of the passages. Of, this is not our topic, so just very quickly, it's talking about how we gave over our inheritance to strangers and we were like orphans and <clears throat> had no food and we were persecuted. We had to go and ask for, few, for food during the siege from our enemies and our, uh, our forefathers sinned and they're no longer here, and we are here, but we are suffering from our sins. Abadim <clears throat> um, continuing those with we, many, many famous phrases, our skin was like, this is already, our skin was like dry, like a, an oven, Nashim B'Tzioni knew they, they tortured women in Sion. Sarim B'Adam Nidlu Lo Nehedaru. They tortured people old, young, Bakuim, Kenim, it doesn't matter. Shavat, Shavat Misosli Beinu Nehapach Le'edel Mecholeinu. 
our, our joy and the, our hearts was stopped and our, our dances became mourning. Nafla teret roshenu, oilanu kihatanu. So what happens in Perakei is finally they, they're saying, we sin, we sin, and they're asking to come back to Kajbarahu. This is the end of Perakei. This is why our hearts are so uh, um, down and sad. Because on on um, Hartzion, foxes went through it. It's it's a it was you know the scenes of destruction. You Hashem, you you reign forever. Your seat is for generations. Why do you forget us? Forever, you abandon us for all these long days. Return us to you, Hashem. We will come back to you. Let us go back to the good old days. Because you have rejected us, you have been very, very angry at us. And then we repeat in 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 certain sorry in the Tanakh when the. Uh, Last pasuk is simply too depressing to end with, so we go back to the previous pasuk, and you know, you rejected us, you despised us, you were so angry at us. It's not such a great way to end, so we go back to the second to last pasuk, which is Hakibenu Hashem Elech Menashuva Hadeshem Enikedem. Please return us to you, Hashem. Bring us back. So we have this kind of progression of all the different things that we suffered, plus a recognition of our sins. And then a desire to go back to Kodesh Baruch Hu and a request that he stop being angry at us. Actually, Dafka wanted to speak about a uh, second temple, Kina, because the second temple, as I'll say, was destroyed because of baseless hatred, Sinat Kinam. And um, as we all know, Sinat Kinam is it's, uh, still with us, unfortunately, and it's out there. And, um, and the, the things that we suffered over the generations because of this sin to really, um, you know, if we contemplate the difficult things that we went through, you know, so many, the Crusades, Holocaust, so many difficult things that we went through. And, um, you know, as I'll say that until we fix Sinat Pinam, we're not going to be able to finally get to the Gula. And I think that um, we need to work on what Rav Kuk called Avat That's the, that's the key. Okay. So if you take a look at the edition that I gave you, if those of you don't have it, you can see the first word in the first line, So just to give you a sample, because if you don't have it in front of you, it's difficult. In other words, the same Zephor is paralleled. And I underline this in the copy I gave you so that you can see that very clearly. Now, the Vaishini was destroyed by Titus, right, who was a general of Vespasian. According to Josephus, numbers that we don't really talk about so much, so this is the, the information that we have from the historian Josephus, 1,100,000 people were killed in the destruction of the Second Temple, and 97,000 people were taken captive, which is kind of horrifying statistics, you know, even in this day and age, that, that's, that's an unbelievable amount, that's really a horrifying amount of people who were killed. And let's see here that the uh, the, the desecration, really, what, what this this Hina is based on the the Gemara Gittin. The Gemara Gittin discusses what the Tsar, the Tsar is an expression for Titus, what he did, Titus, what he came, when he came in, he wasn't just interested in you know in destroying Jerusalem. He wanted to show how much he despised everything that Judaism stood for, and it seems as if you know. You know, the Kinad expresses it, I'll, I'll show you in a second. We, it's as if Hashem, you know, let that go. He did not react. And that's that's what the Python is is um is having difficulty with, you know, but the their their celebration was very great. They made a special coin to commemorate the structure of the temple, you know, and one side was the picture of the uh, you know, the the uh <clears throat> The Caesar and the other side was Judea Capta. And anyone who's been to Rome, I have not, but there's the Arch of Titus there. 
where you can see depicted the, um, the exile and the Jews carrying the holy vessel into holy vessels of the Beit HaMikdash into, uh, into exile. And this was their triumph. And this, this has been standing there, the arch has been standing there for 2000 years. And uh, that's one of our tragedies. Okay, so to look at the text, okay, he's a part of Now, when he's talking about Nefinim, he's talking about Lifnim in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. So the Gemara describes a scene, okay, that he he goes into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Now, the Kodesh HaKadoshim, we know that only the Kohen Gadol goes into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, only in Yom Kippur, with great trepidation and great preparation. And it's, it's a tremendous thing. And he marches in there. Not only that, he un unrolls a Sefer Torah, according to the Gemara, and the coach unrolls a Sefer Torah, he drags in a prostitute, and he commits a sexual act with her on the Sefer Torah in the Kodesh Kodeshim. And then he takes his sword and he slashes the Paropet. And by a miracle, blood drips from that slash. And, um, and he's convinced that he's killed the Jewish God. This is uh, his great victory. So the Paitan is lamenting these terrible events. Remember, remember the, the things that this um, evil enemy does inside. He unsheathed his sword and he came in and further in. He, he terrified our inheritance as he defiled the showbread. On the back of the edition uh, that I gave you is in English, if anyone wants to see that, or the students want to see that. So he has uh, taken something that's the holiest of holies, and he's completely defiled. He's defiled the, the lechem hapanim, the, the special bread, the gider parochet ba'alach panim, and he um, slashed the parochet, which had two faces to it. The different explanations for that, but the general understanding is that the embroidery on the parochet um, was miraculously, you know, the same on both sides. So he's stabbing it. Mitomim gi'el b'magen adam. He um, made the, the orphaned ones, which is the whole Jewish nation, right? He he defiled them with his red, with his bloody shield. Vayimadeit kab b'mare adam dam. And he, he, there's a lot of biblical references here with uh, David, you know, uh, measures the, the Moabites, the references to that, that he he measured these things with his bloodiness, very poetic. He he made our uh, water muddy. And this is also referenced Azinu. He he made his his arrows um, drunk with blood. And he went out of the Beit HaMikdash and his sword was full of blood. Um, very, uh, you know, great, great mourning. Al Hagoto, Al Hagoto Gavar, right, we are, um, he, um, he pushed as a, he overpowered as if he thought he was overpowering. Minata El Gaber, he, he stretched out his hand to God as if to overpower him. All of the uh, the nations that uh, were vanquished, but I am in the midst of the beloved one, and he's coming at us in the neck, right? His actually, his neck is a reference also to his arrogance. Okay, this is a reference to Nadab Abihu. When our forefathers took, in other words, the sons of Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, when they came into the Kodesh, they came into the Kodesh with a fire, a strange fire, right? They were immediately destroyed. So the Python is making this contrast. Look what happened to Jews who defiled, like, holy Jews, like the sons of Aaron who defiled the Kodesh by bringing a strange fire. And that, that's a contrast to this, you know, horrible, you know, excuse for a human being who does everything possible to desecrate and defile the holiest things of Judaism. And, and this is what happened to Abotein. So, uh, there's a reference to the Zona. He, he 
drags in this defiled, you know, sprawling zona, and he wasn't burnt. Nothing happened to him. Right? The um, the this is a reference to the the fire. Right? We were frightened by the fire because. You know, in the time of the base of Migdash, there was an eternal fire and so this, this holy thing. But what happened in this house of fire that Hashem sent fire, in other words, against us, the fire that we saw always in the holiness in the, in the Harbanot, Hashem sent fire to destroy it. We, we, we sank when, when he took out the vessels, the holy vessels, the Samamba Anishayat. He took all those holy vessels, those things that were used for the service of the Beit HaMikdash, they shipped them all off to Rome. Who knows what they did with them? Right? Till today, there's a lot of things going on in Rome and in the basement of the Vatican that us Jews would like to know what's down there and what's happening. And what's... No one's allowed down there, but, you know, it, it seems like they, uh, they hid it, they took it. Our skin dried up. Um, this is the, the uh, he, he's imagining the Kohen getting up in the morning and finding all his vessels missing. Nashim kishar, uh, kisharu the, the, the women were frightened with the coming of this evil person. They, they're imagining like his, his the sound of his feet coming into the courtyard of the Kodesh. Sarim Lupatu Bivo Paritz, the officers were, were frightened in the coming of the Paritz. Vivet Kodesh, he, he, he made a, a stink. He made a smell in the, in the holy places. The, this is a reference to, there seems to be a medrash that um, the Jews were certain because you know, to a Jew, the desecration of the base of Mikdash is like, it, it's unthinkable. It, who, you know, we, we know the stories of things that, you know, in the Tanakh, and, you know, Nadav and was one example, Uzzah, different people who desecrate the Kodesh, it's, it's unthinkable. So the, the Paitan is kind of describing a scene where outside, the, the young people are sure that something terrible is going to happen to this monster. How can this be? It's unthinkable. And there, the Medra says they were supposed to be in this line, it says, Shishim Rebo Mazikim, right? Uh, 60, Rebo is a, is a number we don't have in English, 10,000. 60, there's another 600,000 Mazikim. It should have been demons attacking him, right? Zikadim Nebatu Kehirshuhu Mechazakim. And, and the elders were, te- were terrified when it seems that he's able to do this. It's as if HaKadosh Baruch who lets him do his will and Hashem. This is, of course, Kibyahol, of course, it couldn't be, is that Hashem is, is bound and not, not able to protest, which, of course, Hashem could, but Hashem is allowing this desecration. Shavasotain biyavo admon, right? Uh, the, the Satan, right, is coming in this red one. He surrounded the walls and he, um, the, 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 the crowd, nafla evral this is a reference to Yaakov, how Yaakov, uh, you know, did in Parshas Vayetze, how he made the, the trees so that the sheep would come out right for, for Lavan. The, the, the descendants of Yaakov, the anger fell upon them. Until we're thrown out of our palace. He came to the entrance of Harabayat with his four marshals who were commanded to destroy it. This is a reference to the Kotal Amaravi, which is the remnant that we have till today. That side was, uh, Hashem wanted that side to remain. It's a whole medrash about the, how the, the marshal didn't want to do it for his own uh, reasons and um, teaches, you know, how to jump off the roof for that. Nice, nice, nice guy. Okay, outside that's the coattail, but Saga And um, the people who are behind the wall uh, were there. Hashem is standing there and not fighting his own fight. 
You were angry and you let this happen. And you allow them to take away, to take out. And now, now he's referencing the captives. So many, many of the captives were taken to Rome for various purposes. They had them participate in the tournaments for their amusement and get killed. They had them used for uh, slaves. This is a particular reference to young children who they took for um, immoral purposes and they captured, and this is a, a famous story, this is also, you know, it's very beautiful of this quote, just like Tehillim in there. Why are the nations so angry? And you, this is a reference to um, Hevel, Kain and Hevel, that Hashem turned to the offering of Hevel and not to Kain Hashem. Why? Why were you uh, letting the nations be so angry? And why didn't you turn to our offerings? Why did you do this to us, right? They were sent to Eretz Utz, it's a reference to Babel, um, in three boats. And this is a very sad story, the end of this story. So the Medrash and Echavaba describes these 300 children in three boats who are being taken to exile for immoral purposes, and they decide that they're going to kill themselves. They're going to drown themselves rather than be used in this way. And um, so the Medrash goes into details of what were their sources, their sources in Tehillim, right? 68, I will return them from Bashan. So they interpreted Bashan as Busha, right? Which is a word we don't want to talk about today. Busha is disgrace, right? So Hashem says, I return them from disgrace. I return them from the depths of the sea. So they took this to, uh, to mean that if they drown themselves rather than to have uh, this Busha, that a Kaddish will save them, and, you know, save their souls. So they, they jumped into the sea. All these uh, children, young young adults, let's say, and they each one of them said a different pasuk. You know, the the Medrash and Echa describes the psukim, right? We we um, and one of them is We have uh, become like sheep to the slaughter, like sheep to the slaughter, and um, they all commit this collective suicide. Tremendous tragedy. Because they went into the depths for their souls, right, to their souls. And all this has happened to us. The We never forgot you, God. They were afraid, but they, they uh, wanted to um, realize um, they put their hopes in the one who will bring them back from Bashan, in other words, from Bashah. And this tremendous voice from heaven said, there's this Batko saying, wake up, why do you sleep? Um, so that's sort of the, the cries of the young people are kind of echo the end of and they're saying to Hashem, like, why, why are you allowing this? Why have you been so angry with us? How come it's gotten to this place? And um, through all the centuries, we say the same thing. Please stop looking at the sinners and the people who make machlokets and the things that go on that are uh, difficult and negative. In the um, in the nation, we just finished learning the story of Eliyahu in my Navi class, and there Hashem tells Eliyahu there were seven thousand people who never bowed to the Baal. So we say Hashem also, Look at all the good people. Look at all the people who are um, doing good things, doing mitzvot, doing unbelievable things. Look at us all, Ura Lamatishan. Wake up with them and uh, bring the gula finally. I would like to just mention 
that today's Yomiyun is dedicated in memory of Max and Bell Karvinsky. Zichronam Nivracha. I'd like to just say a few words about these special people who were my parents and and they were people who were Moser Nefesh. They keep Shabbos, Kashu, give their children a Jewish education when it was not an easy thing to do. They actually lived in Los Angeles in the 1940s, in the late 1940s, <clears throat> when Los Angeles was desert, um, uh, on the Jewish map. And, um, but they were willing to give up a lot of things and to um, really be Moser Nefesh uh, so that Jewish life would thrive. And we all know what Los Angeles looks today as far as Jewish life. Um, the Kina that we're going to study uh, now is really all about Mesirut Nefesh. So it seems as, it's if, as if it Mesirut Nefesh is in the Jewish DNA. Um, and it goes all the way back to this kind of number of 26. Yeah, do you have it? Okay. So <clears throat> this kind of is really a dialogue between Hashem and the mourning nation based on the Midrash, uh, which is really familiar to many of you. It describes the prophet Yirmiyahu calling upon, going to the Narata Makbela, calling upon the Avot and even Moshe and begging them um, to beg God to have mercy on his exiled nation. Okay, now many of us know something about this Medrash where God goes to Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, and they all plead um, to him to say, look, I, I was ready to sacrifice my son. I, I had 10 tests at Abraham, and Yitzchak said, I was willing to go with my father, and I was willing to be slaughtered. And Yaakov said, I had so much trouble with my children. Yet I, I kept my faith and I did it for you. And I was even willing to die for you. And all of them <clears throat> pleaded to Hashem. And we know that in Sefer Yirmiyahu, um, the one who, whose plea is most, uh, most heard and most um, related to is the plea of Rachel, um, the wife of Yaakov, who pleased, she says, they were all willing to die for you. But when my life was so bad and terrible, and I didn't want to live anymore, and I just wanted to die, I was willing to live for you, okay? Not die for you, but live for you. And I gave my sister all of these secret codes so that she wouldn't be embarrassed. And then God comes out and says, stop crying, Rachel, I will bring them back. Now this kina is a little bit different, has a little bit of a different ending, but the theme is all about Mesirut Nefesh. So let's take a look at it. As Bahaloch Yermiyahu El Kivrei Vinam atzamot chavivot, matem shochvot. Yermiah went to the graves of the patriarchs and he says, um, Why are you sleeping? Get up, your children are exiled. Okay, benechem galu, ubatechem charevot, your homes are destroyed. <clears throat> so, where, uh, where, so they all say, if mortal men transgressed the covenant, the breed, so what about the schut, the merit of those who accepted the covenant, meaning us? How could you do this, Hashem? You say they 
left the covenant, but we certainly kept it. And then, um, they all cried out over the absence of their children. They prayed for mercy from the one who dwells above. Where is the promise? Where's the promise that I will remember the covenant, covenant with my first ones, my, my ancients? And then Hashem keeps answering this refrain. What should I do for you, my children? This is a gezeira, a decree. Now, the word gezeira is often used in the Gemara as something that is un, not understandable by human mind. And, it, it, you know, it's, it's unattainable and we don't understand how God could do something like this. And that's called a gezeira, a decree. So Hashem keeps answering them. Sorry, this is a decree. And then um, he goes on. Listen, they exchanged my honor for nothing. And they had no fear or remorse. I turned my eyes from them, but they didn't repent. <clears throat> How can I restrain myself when they say about God, lo, he's not around? And then the avot beg again. If mortals um, did not keep uh, or transgress the covenant, how about the merit of those who did accept the covenant? And then Avraham comes forward. Zaak Avhamon. Avhamon refers to Avraham. He cried out Bavuram in their defense. He pleaded with himself. And he says, Hey, Chinam Nuseti Eser Bechinot Avuram. For not is it that I suffered 10 trials, 10 tests? And now I see their collapse. There's many biblical phrases interlaced here where Avram is saying, what about the promise when you said, fear not Avram. And then Hashem's uh, refrain, ma'asel. What should I do for you, my sons, my children? This is a decree before me. This is my decree. And then he says, They erred and they worshiped idols. They dug wells of knowledge and dug wells of polluted waters. How can I restrain myself when they've annulled all of the Ten Commandments? But the Avot say, If mortal man transgressed the covenant, what about us who accepted the covenant? And then Yitzchak comes forward, and he cries, He cries to the one above, In vain was I inscribed to be slaughtered. Now my descendants are all crushed and obliterated. Where's the promise? My covenant I will maintain with Yitzchak. But Hashem answers again, <clears throat> And he says what they did. They rebelled against Yirmiyahu. 
the Timu Harahamoria, they profaned the Temple Mount. Neil Eti Nisogia, I'm tired of hearing the cry, Oleli Minishia, that rises up from oblivion. And how can I restrain myself? Of the over the murder of Zachariah, who was the Kohen Gadol then, and was murdered by his own people. A vote say again, Im Adam If they mortal men transgress the covenant, where's the merit of those who accepted the covenant? And then of course Yaakov comes forward and he sheds tears like a crocodile. And he tells God, the children that I raised with such uh, intensity that I was almost fainting. How are they uh, shorn from me and are gone? And how? have I been punished a thousand fold for the blood that they shed? But Hashem says, Then, the faithful shepherd, Moshe, speaks, ground into ash and dirtied. The sheep that I nurtured in my bosom, ech gazu belows man. How were they prematurely shorn? Vaye haftachat kilo alman. And where's the promise? And all of these promises are quotes from the Torah. Israel is not bereft. Kilo alman Israel. But and then he pleads im kadam afu brit ayes chut krute brit if. Mortal men transgress the covenant. Where's the merit of those who accept it? And now here's where the kina varies and takes a turn. Whose crying voice do we hear? We know what we think it should say Rachel, because that's that was the that's the midrash we know even better. But Leah comes out and cries. Mitofefet alivavea, she pounds on her heart. And then Rachel achuta, mevaka albanea, Rachel, her sister, cries over her sons. And who else? Zilpa, the maidservants, Zilpa makapanea, Zilpa slaps her face. Bilha mekonenet bishteyadea, and Bilha laments with both hands. And then there's no God saying, um, sorry, this was the gazeba. Apparently, these women had the power to change God's final response, okay? And God's final answer is, return, perfect ones, to your place of rest, because he woke them all up. Malay amalay kol mishalotchem. I am surely going to fill all your requests. How do we know? Shulachti bavela lemanchem. I too was sent to Bavel to be with you. Inani mishovev galut benechem, and I will return your children from exile. So apparently, he's answering all the petitioners by saying, I hear you, and my promise is to return uh, your children from exile. Many of these keynote end on an up note, an upbeat note, and this is one of them. It was, it's so sad as the, the forefathers come before God and plead their cause, and in the end, God really says that he will return the children from exile because he went out to exile with them and God cannot stay in exile. So Tisha B'Av is a day of limitless, limit, 
hopeless despair, but it's also a day of boundless hope and faith. Um, we'll end with singing Elizion, which is one of your pages. This is the last, um, the last Kina in the Kina book. And we always sing it because it's a traditional tune that's been sung for many years. And it starts out by saying that Jerusalem and Zion are being compared to a woman in her labor pains. And a woman in her labor pains goes through a lot of pain. <laughs> okay, a lot of pain. But what's the end of the labor? There's a, a new child born. And so a description of a woman in labor is often referred to as Isha Sheyoshevet al Hamashber. Mashber was this birthing stool that was um, was what the women would sit on when they were in labor. And the word Mashber actually means crisis or something that has to do with the word Shin Bet Resh, a break, a breaking up, a hard experience. And um, and this sounds very tough, but what happens after you go through a crisis? Usually, something good comes in. So again, this kina is talking about all kinds of um, of terrible things that happened. Jerusalem was all. It was destroyed, and there were curses, and the temple was destroyed, and the princes of the house of David um, were robbed of their royalty, and we took many blows and sadistic uh, ways that our people were killed, including infants and children, and we mourned the rejoicing of our enemies. They laughed at us, and the suffering of our people who were once free men and the shouting of the enemies. And um, we mourn the fact that Hashem's name was profane. All of these things we are mourning. But it ends again with that same puzzle. Elitzion ve'areha kemo isha betzireha. Like a woman in the pangs of birth. Ukevetula, like a virgin, a young woman, haguratzak, wearing sackcloth, mourning albal neureha, for the husband of her youth, which they never even consummated the marriage because they describe her as a betula. This too will come to a, one day a happy end. So <clears throat> it's not a hard tune. So we could all just take a look and sing along.